Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Dr. K, facial plastic surgeon and board certified head and neck surgeon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Medical Spa Insider. This is Alex Tiersch, and I have Dr. K with me, and looking forward to get started. The podcast. Yeah, no, thank you. This is great. We're, we're at kind of live-ish at the Medical Spa Show. Coming to you live. Vegas, the fabulous Wynn Hotel Resort and Casino. And we're just getting started. Dr. Is, what do you think? This is beautiful. And I remember being here a year ago. And um, we were so nervous about coming out in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. It's amazing to see so many people here. How many people do you have at this year's Amsterdam? Um I think um, last I checked, we had 12... 50, 1260 almost. That's outstanding. We've had, you know, obviously with the, with the circumstances, we've had some cancellations, but we've also had some additions. So it's been, I'm telling you, it's crazy. I really think it's nice to be in a place with other people, right? Mm-hmm. It's cra- It feels good. It feels right. Like we, it's, you need it's, the human energy. Like yeah. we've all had so much virtual teaching, lecturing oh God, and of it. webinars and yeah. it's just not the same energy yeah. level. Yeah. And I feel like this, like, and, and it's just honestly, our meeting happened to be fall at this time. So it's, it's, it's fortuitous more than anything, but like everybody is just here and they're so amped up and excited to, to be here. And I, I, it, we were only just getting started. We got the eighties party tonight, which is going to be crazy. And the 80s is my decade. I <laughs> love the it's 80s. One of my decades. Yes. One of my decades. Um, but no, I'm so excited. And what, like, this is your second year. So, I mean, I th- this definitely has a different feel than, than last year, I think. It's, a, it's bigger. Um, I think it's a little more, uh, it's a little more involved and advanced. I don't know. What do you think? I, you know what I love about AmSpa is the vibrance and excitement here. Everybody really understands that this field of aesthetics is exploding with opportunity. Yeah. And we need guidance because it yeah. is a little bit of the Wild West out there. Mm-hmm. And then I just love, you know, the amazing speakers that you bring that have hands-on, nitty-gritty experience. Yeah. One interesting statistic from one of your lectures that you told me was like 70% of the audience here and 70% of med spas are single-owner practices. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It is. And then of the remaining 30%, you know, 20% of those are, you know, two to three owners. Mm -hmm. They're not, there's not big chains. It doesn't exist. I think in a way that that's a beautiful thing that um, people go into aesthetics because they have single-minded passion for it and they really cultivate um, very individualized practices that are perfect for their locations. Yeah. They attract the kind of clients that they want. I'm telling you, it's the, what I found, find so exciting. One of the things I find exciting about this industry is, um, and I would love, you know, this maybe resonates with you as a doctor, um, you know, in today's day and age with managed healthcare, hospital systems, all this stuff, this is kind of the last frontier where you can build a brand for yourself. You can really have your own practice, um, and you, and it's open to, to, and you can do whatever you want. You can have a small injectables only. You can do a the Taj Mahal of med spas. You can have lots of lasers. You could have no lasers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find that that so fascinating that it's just like an open book and you can do, you can do what you want provided you follow the rules and our compliance because compliance is cool. 
That's true. It's the bringing together like the artistry of making people happy with their appearance. But but it's more than that. It's like discovering that little bit of entrepreneurship that you never yeah. knew you, you were an entrepreneur, yeah. that you were good at running a business or that you could generate ro- revenue and profit. Like yeah. when you start out in medicine, many of us do, like as nurses, mm-hmm. PAs, working in the ER, working in other specialties, you don't realize that there can be revenue driving your success. And you also mm-hmm. don't realize the amount of revenue can be quite profitable in aesthetics mm-hmm. if you run your practice well. Mm-hmm. So that was like, there's always a light bulb moment, I think, for those yeah. of us in aesthetics where we really understand like what we're capable to achieve and how yeah. can, and then there's that struggle with like, okay, getting your chair busy. Yeah. Once your chair is busy, then there's yeah. struggle of how do I scale this now? How I'm too busy it? for myself. Yeah. Do, do you remember the the light bulb moment for yourself when, when you were like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Not only that, but it can work. I do because, um, being, I, for many years I started as a facial plastic mm-hmm. head and neck surgeon. So I did head and neck surgery yeah. with insurance patients. And yeah. the more and more I built my aesthetics, the more I started needing to order large quantities of injectables. So I think the first time you put in a $20,000 order and then the next time, and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm yeah. dealing with big numbers here. I'm not a big, I'm not a little girl anymore. I know. I'm an actual woman who can actually generate revenue and I'm having to order twenty to $50,000 of inventory. That's and crazy. This is real money. And then I think that's when my husband and my accountant started taking me seriously too. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait a minute. My husband's a very accomplished interventional cardiologist. He mm-hmm. runs a CEO of a practice of 30 cardiologists and he's like, maybe I should retire and join you <laughs> and run your practice. And I was like, no, I'm going to run my own yeah. practice because I know it best. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, you know what though? You're right. There's, I, I remember, I don't remember the exact time, but I do recall with, with AM spots, like you get to a certain point where the checks you're writing are, are large and, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, instead of dealing with, you know, hundred dollar increments you're dealing with hundred thousand dollar increments you're just like oh my lord yes. what has happened you just suddenly explode and you realize like the potential that you can have and this i i never have been a girl who's motivated by the dollars of this business and that has kept it a little bit more pure for me mm-hmm. and more um and more about education and aesthetics and keeping a lifetime patient mm-hmm. and i'd always you know discount a product for a patient without telling them it's a discount but i want them to get the mm-hmm. result mm-hmm. i don't need to like hold back if they need another syringe i'm giving them that syringe whatever their budget is because they need to have a great result with oh, me i need some more syringes you do <laughs> well you don't you look great I need you look, are you doing several, injectables no i never have i've done it that's not true i've done one um round of botox like i want to say 10 years ago with uh, Sheila Nazarian. That's it. Next that year, the, <laughs> the face of Anspa next year is going to be a live yeah. injection demo. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not afraid, although I am afraid. I'm not afraid. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, it's Honestly, I should. You have great bone structure. You should. you got to maintain. <laughs> Jawline. I see those chiseled cheeks. Oh, it's the long hair. I'm telling you. That's what it is. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, you know, open. My, my wife uh, gets treatments, so um, it's, you know, it's not, and certainly everyone that I know does. So it's, well, I think men are the next big frontier to bring men you know, into the wellness do, do, world. Do you really think that's going to happen? And, and oh, I'm not yeah. trying to be, you know, cheeky or, or cynical, but I feel like we've been saying that for, since I've been in the industry 15 years ago, men are coming, men, men, men. And then it's, and just, it's just been this, it's been the same 10, 12% max every year. It's kind of true, but with this generation that's selfie motivated and mm. the young TikTok generation, 
the guys bring themselves in, heterosexual, homosexual, whatever their orientation is, it's all about the image you want to convey. And they're getting fuller, sexier lips. They're getting chiseled jawlines. So I'm seeing it at a young age. Hmm. And I think that that's going to keep moving forward. I, I think men also want to stay competitive in the job market and yeah. they get brought in by their wives and girlfriends a lot of the time. <laughs> That's a good starter. But once you get a loyal guy, it's a very easy patient to take care of. Yeah. I've, um, that's one of the things that, um, one of the speakers that we have at our boot camps always says that he's like, once you get a male patient, they do what they're told, they buy what they're told and they're, they follow the regimen, they follow the regimen their and, skin is automatically better. Did you know men have better skin? I, did not. That's so because sexist. they're like it's kind of, well, it's not fair. But every day you're kind of dermaplaning a little when you shave, oh. and then you have more hair follicles, which gives more oils to the skin, and thicker I've skin. Shaving, I, I've not clean shaven myself for a long time. Well, so I no get matter back what, it's all that hair follicles that give you like that nice really? supple skin. Yeah, huh. thicker dermis. It's just like not fair. That, you get more rugged. Women don't look good. Rugged. But you guys get to wear makeup. <laughs> you can too these days. <laughs> I mean, you get to cover all of the you know imperfections, and no one knows they're there. We have to go out like oh natural into the world, and I think that's going to change too. I think really? that male makeup, and the word can't be makeup, but it's got to be male grooming or you know things mm-hmm. to soften the male appearance are on the forefront. Interesting. So, so of all the kind of trend, whether it's you know male, wellness, men, um, whatever it is, what, what do you think's kind of the next big thing to come to aesthetics? I'm a big advocate for biohacking and using the potential of the human body to transform and regenerate itself. Mm -hmm. So stem cell therapies, Mm -hmm. platelet-rich plasma, using growth factors. You know, I think that all of these biostimulators of collagen production like PLLA or Sculptra, Radius, that's hyperdilute. This is the next frontier. And this Um, is what we should teach patients. we got to avoid the epidemic of pillow face, filler face, Things that scare yes. people away from aesthetics. Yes. I really don't like that. I mean, to each their own, right? Yes. You can look how you want to look, but um, I just, I, I, the, the natural, the bet, what is it? The best injectable is undetectable. That's I a think good I read one. that. Yeah. Um, no, wait, you need to come out with some Amspa merch with those, those cute kind of things. Yeah, I, you on know, it. I think Wouldn't you're that be right. so cute. I, we do have the only, we have one piece of merch and it's for infants and it's kind of a <laughs> compliance is cool onesie. So for any of you listening who are who have who are a, a newly born, we can send you a compliance is cool onesie, and that's it. I love <laughs> but I, that. Yeah, no, I want. What about you? Do you have any merch? Do, do you do? Do you? Do I merch? because I teach this course, modern aesthetic theory. Yeah. So we're coming out with some cute, cute T-shirts and things with that kind of branding on I it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how's that? What you've been up to? I mean, how's that been going? You, last time we talked, I mean, I was. I remember the first time I met you. I do remember the first time. Like it was. <laughs> I was blown away by, um, number one, your presence when you're up on stage speaking, like you're, you're an incredible speaker. You have such gravitas and such, um, so much credibility, but, um, you also just have this incredibly massive following on Instagram and TikTok, And I was just like, how the hell did you do this? I mean, it, it, what have you been up to? And I know you had the training thing and that's been going great. Yeah, That's been going great over the pandemic. I was so, I'm so proud of our platform because actually We've been on virtual trainings and online for prior to pandemic. So I kind of feel like we were one of the pioneer groups that's been teaching the modern aesthetic theory. It's up to 30 different modules. It includes threads, Sculptra, Kybella, 
of course, beginner Botox and fillers, all the off-label areas, things like injectable rhinoplasty Mm -hmm. that everyone wants. So it's the things your patients want to learn that no one Mm -hmm. can train about. And how to do it extremely safely and extremely branded results. So it's thrived. We got so many memberships during the pandemic, and it's gone global, which is wonderful. All across the planet, people are very secretive in other countries. In Europe, the plastic surgeons don't share. They tend to eat their young and not want to give their techniques up unless they're selling a very expensive product. But I really feel that we should use our educational platforms educationally. Like I'm on Instagram. I want to give you some value as the patient, the injector. And it doesn't, you don't have to charge for that. You have to show who you are. I love Instagram. I love TikTok. It's, I never would have thought I'd be popular on that. I'm like a nerdy steminist. I'm a stem, a feminist <laughs> who's into science, technology, education. You know, <laughs> I'm a steminist. Yes. And, um, and an Indian girl who was nerdy growing up, studying so hard, never going out. I didn't party in my college days. But I've just Boy, shown. Sure yeah, now, now I'm making up for that, right? <laughs> but I'm. I feel very proud to show up authentically who I am. I'm not like one of these girls that's got to put on a ton of makeup to show up. I just show people that you can do it if you bust your ass and work really yeah. hard. Looks like you're an overnight success. You mentioned this yeah. in one of your things today that everybody's this here so successful. They've been doing it for yeah. ten to fifteen years. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, gosh, it was a commerce it was a really interesting conversation because, um, I didn't think this brand had been around for longer than a few years and cause they're huge and they're like, yeah, we've been doing this for 18 years. That's what it takes. It like, truly, oh truly takes that showing up every single day, giving it all that you have. Yeah. That's what's hard about aesthetics is it's physically demanding to stand on your feet, injecting all mm-hmm. day. It's a little emotionally demanding because, mm-hmm. you know, you meet 20 people a day. They each have their story and their little bit of drama. Yeah, you're like a therapist. A little bit of a therapist. Imagine shaking hands with 20 people at a cocktail party. You'd be freaking exhausted at the end of that cocktail party. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you give, give, give. You go home a little bit drained. You still got to run a family and a household. Mm-hmm. So the, I think being an injector is hard. And having an organization like AmSpa to feed you and nourish you and replenish you and give you what you need to know so helpful yeah that's why i appreciate that it's we um, need that life coaching and career (laughs) coaching and you know right no i it's it's true it's um i think i don't wonder if you agree with this like part of it is with instagram and youtube and and you know and tiktok and all that people you can make yourself look very famous and successful in a very short period of time and people yes. get the idea, oh, I can go into aesthetics and boom, I'm going to be Dr. K in, you know, 16, 18 months. Mm-hmm. And it's, they don't realize the grind. And it's not just you getting into aesthetics. It's everything you did before then as a surgeon, learning the craft. It's like, yes. it takes time. And, and it's, I'm pretty it's, grateful that I had those five or 10 years of really just focusing on my craft, which was yeah. going to the surgery every day, the grind of seeing patients every day without the publicity, without the being flashy or being on Instagram because that is where you get your solid basis. Yeah. And like some people might be discouraged by like getting on Instagram because they're not popular, not big, Mm -hmm. but you're the precise person that needs to get on Instagram and show up and show people what you're about on a small, intimate level. Like open the door to your practice. It's It's not always easy though. People do that. Even I like just for example, when we did this podcast, the minute I hit record Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like there's a little something in the back of my head. Says, I'm being recorded. So I'm just like maybe a little bit yeah. different than how I would be normally. Um, but then at some point, you know, as you as you move on, you get over that. So it's not it's not always easy for folks to 
open up in front of the camera like that. We mm-hmm. just did, by the way, for those of you listening, I did mm-hmm. like my first ever professional TikTok with Dr. K. And, amazing. He and, was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. But um, like, that's not easy for me to, I feel like a fool. It does. You do feel like a fool the first few times you turn on the camera or you watch yourself or you critique yourself, but it's important to not critique yourself. And yeah. just, do you still feel like a fool when you do stuff like that? Or are you just, no, kinda... I have fun now. And I feel sometimes I'll take things down if I look super dorky, but for the most part, I just let it ride. You it's, never look super dorky. Come on. Well, now. people fixate on like, Oh, my hair is not right. My nails, my whatever. But you, you get your content gets consumed in the flick of a thumb. Do you think people yeah. are really perseverating on her bad hair, bad makeup? Yeah. No, they're not. And they're, what's coming across is your warmth, your personality. So often mm-hmm. patients have said, I watched you for a year on Instagram and I came in because I love how you are with your patients, how you make them feel. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's you're showing a part of yourself, don't you think? Yeah. No, I, I 100%. Like you, like I having just seen pictures of you, how would I know that you're such a fun guy and you're so knowledgeable and yet you're like passionate and yeah, you have, look you got really a lot of dumb in my pictures. No, like he looks dumb, incredibly like who's this long haired guy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that he, you have so much knowledge and background and understanding and passion for you. That comes across when you talk. Well, you know, it's kind of to what we were saying before. Like I've been doing in aesthetics in some shape or fashion for God, 15 years, almost over 15 years. So what a good industry you landed up in. I Did mean, you ever think in law no. school that you were going to be? In oh aesthetics? God, no, never. Yeah. I thought I was going to be Is there like, even a specialty of law that focuses on aesthetics? No, or? not at all. Huh. Not at all. Honestly. And there's, it's in, in many ways, it's like aesthetics in general is that we need that we need more lawyers in aesthetics. And I don't know why it hasn't happened yet because hmm. there's, it's a very, um, it's a niche market and, it's very complex mm-hmm. and you need smart people to be able to help decipher and, and look at this stuff. And nobody does it. I, I could count on one hand, the number of lawyers nationwide hmm. that I've met in the past 15 years yeah. that have even touched it. And practices need so much guidance with it. Like as careful as I am this week, I got a letter about a copyright infringement that oh, some of yeah. my interns used a picture somewhere mm-hmm. that didn't lie. So, like the things that you think that you're watching every little detail, and like, oh, gosh, you Isn't just are true? like, oh, I wish someone could come in and like inspect my office legally and give me a list of all the things I need to fix. That would be such a great service it's, for you. But it, yes, I agree. It, it, impossible yeah. because the, the problem is there's things that, and, and you know, even with like the copyright infringement, like you'll get, you'll get letters about stuff that aren't accurate right and mm-hmm. it's like how do you fix something that's not true mm-hmm. right you can't fix a, 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 a falsity just like you can't you know prove a, a negative it's like you can't fix something that you don't know is exists is because it's it's false right so but i look i agree with you um i wish there were more I, there, there, then again i don't want there to be more lawyers because we want all the people to come to AmSpa and, and, that's where we <laughs> and get these come. resources yeah. as part but, of joining. Um, but I do wish there were more because I think people need to know this stuff. They do. And then how would you change aesthetics for the next three years going forward? If you could, if you see some trends starting that you'd want to stop in their tracks, what would you change? Um, well, so I probably, it would be, um, I think there's a perception, and a lot of this probably has to do with social media and reality TV, 
um, that getting into aesthetics is easy and doing injectables is easy and you don't need a whole lot of training and you can get a weekend course. And I get these emails all the time, you know, mm-hmm. learn injectables and it's like a day. Right. And, and, and that's really, really scary to me. Not because I'm necessarily worried about the single patient, although of course I am, it's the ripple effect that that's going to have on the industry when we, cause, cause we need people to come in to be competent injectors. And I think we're just going to get corners are going to be cut that people are getting trained um, in in ways that they shouldn't be trained. People are doing things they shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing. Yes. Um, and outside the scope of their outside practice. the scope of their practice. There's like for a, a great example is dentists and dentists are are very capable anatomists around the mouth. Um, and they a lot of them are very qualified injectors. But what we're seeing is dentists becoming, you know, quote, medical directors for med spas, mm-hmm. which includes which just on its face is is a potentially violation of, of any state law because you're a medical director of a med spa and you're a dentist. Yeah. So you can't you can't do that. Um, you can do things around the face and the mouth, but that's it. And <clears throat> and I feel like we're getting or estheticians are another example. It's like there's I love estheticians. They're a big part of our business, but um, they they're doing injectables. That's in some cra- that's just crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. So in that's Europe the thing. is for sure. In England, I know. Yeah. Some states like, is Utah one of those? No, there's Colorado. I, Colorado Texas, for sure. you can. Texas, there's, yeah. There's several states where you can, but it doesn't mean you should. It scares me because the consumer also books their appointment a little bit like they're booking their lashes or their nail appointment or yeah. their hair appointment. Like they kind of just like their beauty. They want to go get their beauty, but I'm yeah. sorry, there are lethal complications that can result from this procedure. Yeah. I, I, I think. Um, you know what? Like my one of my biggest fears is also something that I think in some ways needs to happen, which is a um, kind of an expose. It's something really kind of nasty happens to somebody. It needs to go down. Yes. Um, yeah. To somebody famous. It's sadly, going to happen. And then there's a documentary. It's on Netflix. And then next thing you know, but and I don't want that to happen because I think you know typically the overreaction is 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 to be now we're going to be shut down in ways that we shouldn't be, but. Um, I think there's got to be some kind of eye-opening epiphany in this industry and people coming into the industry that this is something that we need to get a hold of mm-hmm. very soon. And I think it's going to make us stronger if we have you know minimum guidelines, right? Minimum standards where people know what the rules are and they can get the training they need. Yeah, a certification process like. So I think through Huge. the state licensing is yeah. going to eventually happen. I'm hopeful that it, it doesn't happen with someone's sad complication, but yeah. the reality is it probably That's will probably take what'll happen. someone with a very public bad story and hor- everyone being horrified and a yeah. lawmaker deciding to sponsor a bill. Yeah. And that's probably what's going to happen. But yeah. I think a lot of us in aesthetics are in support of certification and training. Yeah. yeah. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. No, patients there's way patients more than would are. be horrified if they knew. Yeah. The small amount of training that their injector has. Yeah. The very small amount of training. Yes. And the potential consequences for things that could happen, you know, like for instance, we with the uh, Chris Surex Anatomy course that we do with the, the cadavers, right? Yes. Um, like it, there's always at least, and I've seen a several of, the, of these moments, there's always a moment where um, someone's injecting into a cadaver and then you dissect in and you see that you hit some sort of a vessel, right? Yes. And he calls everyone over and says, look, look, this, this is, you know, the artery on the nose or whatever it is. 
and and people are just like I had no idea that mm-hmm. I was even close to that, right? And mm-hmm. I think the public, if they knew that, they would be a lot more reticent to come in and, and just treat at, at anyone. They would need qualifications. Exactly. The other thing that should be in place, I think, is like emergency mechanisms of care. Like if you're going to yeah. provide a filler and maybe do a dangerous or off-label area or even a conventional area, like lip filler is our most common area for lip for occlusions, vascular mm-hmm. occlusions, because we do so much lip filler. But, like, if you're going to a med spa where the person's working one day every two weeks, mm-hmm. are they available that night? Yeah. Often not. And I get these messages on Instagram as desperate DMs of, like, can you help me? I can't reach my injector. Or the emergency rooms now are seeing patients coming in. Yeah. They don't all have Hyalinex or Hyaluronidase to dissolve filler. They don't all know what to do with an aesthetic complication. Right. So, like, it, when you sign up for a procedure... Are you making sure you're checking if your person's available 24-7 for your emergency? Yeah. No no patient does that, sadly. Right, right. Sadly. No. And I, I think that it's kind of a, an industry-wide responsibility for, you know, there's so many places to get trained. And some yes. of them are great. Like, there are great, at this conference, I know of, you know, half a dozen to ten um, incredible training companies that yes. do things. But then there's a lot of them I know that are just like factories and they're just bringing people through training mm-hmm. them over a day or two and saying, okay, you're done. And they, they have, they leave with this false sense of security. They can go out and start injecting. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's just, I, I just, to me, that's my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's a real opportunity you know, for us to yeah. get kind of a hold of it. And, um, because this industry, I mean, if you're, there's always going to be complications. And I think what's like, you know, as a doctor, you kind of go through your whole career knowing that dealing with it, learning about it. Right. Um, complications are part of daily life. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's not if it's when. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know that patients know that quite as much when it comes to this. And I think we have a chance to, to, to really educate them and lift the entire industry and make Mm-hmm. Uprising tide lifts, lifts all boats. That's so true. Would you ever sponsor legislation or come up and draft some legislation? Well, um, I don't. You know, I don't know. We've, it would be hard because every state is different. But right, like there might be one pivotal. But I know. think I, I. Well, what we what we do now is 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 we don't directly sponsor legislation, but we do have. Um, we we do provide input, and we know that there is a a very kind of basic baseline that we say, look, this should meet X, Y, Z, you know, and that means, you know, we don't believe that estheticians should be injecting, yeah. um, not because we don't like estheticians, but like, there's no medical training there. Yeah. Um, we believe, so it's RNs and above. Um, we believe, you know, so, and those kinds of things will basic tenants, just some yeah. basic, you and know, even, I think we should ask for industry partnership. Like if you're going to yeah. sell, a filler, are you going to confirm that this patient, this trainer, ha- this person has right. training or that they have Hylinex available in their practice? Right. Like, yeah. do they have the antidote if you're selling the poison? You know, yeah. We need I, to are ask. you going to, um, are, when you, when you train the staff of a medical practice, are you going to train whoever they send, including mm-hmm. estheticians, medical assistants for injectables, or are you only going to train yeah, it's important RNs. to hold industry to a few standards, too, because they're driven by needing to sell more and more product and broaden yeah. their market. And I love that then now they're sponsoring lots of anatomy trainings yeah. and things like that. They've realized that they can't grow their market without more injectors. And yes. now there's a scarcity of yeah. qualified trained injectors. Yes. So, But hand in hand with that is let's make sure that we actually sell product to people that have tools to deal with complications and emergencies. Yeah. 
Yeah, I heard one story. I don't know who it was. It was a some training center where they had an occlusion or something, and the the, the trainer didn't have hyaluronase. Hyaluronase, really? Yeah, and so they had to go. One of the people in the class had to go to their clinic and get some yeah to come back and help and i'm just like that that doesn't that's irresponsible it, just, to me. it boggles the mind but yeah. you know well, what about you what do you think what like what's your what are you most looking forward to for the next three years if you were a queen of aesthetics which you kind of are oh well. <laughs> <laughs> i think um i want instagram to evolve in terms of because i think it is pivotal pivotal to our industry and I think the the content we put out there is affecting young women's psyche mm. and how they overanalyze and critique their own beauty. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see a little more drive towards natural, long-term aging gracefully mm-hmm. and more acceptance of the aging process. Mm-hmm. I think it's damaging for everyone to think that they need to look perfect, like they're filtered and to not understand that these images are doctored, filtered, and yeah. unrealistic. Unrealistic beauty needs to go. And more, um, you know, using our body's resources to regenerate skin cells mm-hmm. and grow collagen, that needs to really improve. And I love the focus on longevity. We're lucky to be now the first generation that's going to live with the average lifespan for women to be like 87. Wow. And isn't that crazy? So in the last that 20 years, we've added about 10 to 15 years to lifespan. So if we yeah. don't start thinking long term, I predict more body maintenance. People mm-hmm. are maintaining their faces. Their bodies start to look crapey and older. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think that you know this drive towards like making aesthetic maintenance treatments, normal maintenance for the body is important, mm-hmm. and just like a little more natural approach and more forgiveness. Like if you can't love yourself at every age, I don't think you're going to be a very happy person. Yeah, you know, I I totally agree with you. Um, sometimes though, in my cynical stages, I'm like, is that ever really, I mean, isn't that kind of always been the case? I mean, it's like, you look back at magazines, movies, it's always, yeah, I mean, the, youth is always glorified, right? And the, and be, it's like, and every model star, is 20, like they're not, nobody looks like that in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people look like nobody? It's, it's impossible. But I'll see fabulous um, examples of aging gracefully and people who've yeah. done work and they're transparent. Like Jane Fonda had a few facelifts, had some eyelid surgery, but she looks great. Yeah. And like she hasn't lost her essential identity. So yeah. I think in aesthetics, what we need to do is make sure that when you look in the mirror, you always look like you're seeing yourself. It's not like your face has degraded to the point where you're like, oh, yeah. oh my God, I don't even recognize myself anymore. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like myself. Yeah. I, it's, it, to me, to me, and this is unfortunately most, most more women get treatments than men, so this applies more to women, just kind of by the numbers. But I, I, women who are aging look better than women who are aging and then are trying to make it look like they've never aged. Yes, it's you know like I mean? so artificial to like. Yeah, it doesn't make de- sense. You look too desperate that you're trying too yeah. hard, and like, it's not. It's what's not wrong working. with what's wrong with? being 50, 60 years old. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like going to happen to all of us. It really is. And I think I want to teach um, the 20 and 30-year-olds to start being a little more accepting and kinder to themselves. I, I thought you just turned 30. Well, 35. You know. <laughs> <laughs> What's a few years? <laughs> what, um, I'm curious, um, What what's too young to start injectable treatments? Or Nothing's any kind of treatment? too young. Like as a surgeon, like I do rhinoplasties on a 13, 15 year old, right? Like people have been getting their noses done for their bat mitzvah since the eighties. Okay. Right. Uh, Turn 13, you get your nose done. What about like just Botox and fillers? 
I think you start in your 20s as soon as you see some lines. Some people have congenital frowning, deep glabellar lines. You can, I do right there. Yeah, starting when you feel that it's um, eroding your self-esteem. That's the right age. Every time you look in the mirror, you don't see your eyes. You look at that flaw that's bugging you. So I think hmm. it's okay to do treatments like this at any age. And I don't discourage my young patients. I've, I've received some criticisms from treating young, young people on TikTok in 20 and 15, 16. These in, some of them are independent minors. A lot of them come with their parents, which mm-hmm. I think is so refreshing. And the parents and I have a real heart-to-heart discussion. And this is the day and age where you can go anywhere you want at age 15 and get a tattoo, a yeah. piercing, shave yeah. your head, yeah. have a baby. You know, don't tell your mom you're on a birth control pill. So the kids are going to find the place to do it. So if they're wise enough that they found me a board certified surgeon and I'm having a talk with their parent and they're comfortable with it, then we're going to do it. And I'm glad that they did the research. Uh, There's some wisdom to that. Frankly, they can go anywhere and get anything done and no parent needs to know about it. So I think it's taking some responsibility to do the research and see a qualified person. Do you think we're going to continue to see that? I mean, we've seen the age of... Um, first timers for neurotoxin or whatever, it's just to, to dropping into the into the twenties. So people are in their twenties are starting to get it. Um, are you? You think that's going to continue to happen? I think so. I think many of the young people these days that make their living from their face and their appearance yeah. are very wise to start early preventatively. And this is a generation of beauty achievers, so they want to morph their appearance into the filtered best version of their avatar they want to be. And that is okay. Whether they do it with makeup, permanent makeup, tattoos, piercings, Mm -hmm. you can be who you want to be in this life. This Mm -hmm. external, you know, meat suit that we wear is not our soul. It's not who we are. (laughs) 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 This body that we, is our vehicle for the next 80 years needs to be maintained. Every few years it's going to get a full change. And you know, like, are you never going to repaint your house? No, you've got to maintain. You get weathered age. You may Maybe you change. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I think this, that's the human condition. And culturally, like, do we critique people in Africa that put, like, you know, 20 rings around their neck and grow their neck really long? Kind of. Kind of Like, all the weird piercings <laughs> and tattoos we see around the world. Like, there I mean, I don't is so much it, room I, for variability in human yeah, like the big body morphing. Your lobes? The big stretched ear gauges. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. The look. pierced columellas. Like, I'm not a fan either. But it's a columella. This little like the nose ring oh, piercing, yeah. like the like yeah, like a like a bull. Yeah, so like <laughs> I think it's so important that we don't um, critique and judge other people's definition of what is beautiful. Yeah, that's true. I totally agree with that, um, yeah. and I don't. I, people can do whatever the hell they want. You know, totally. It's just do, do, you do what you want to do. And you have a your thirty fifth birthday coming up, like. Today or tomorrow, right? On Monday. Monday. January 31st, Age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. That's right. So I just had my birthday too. So I'm going to, I'm an Aquarius also. Oh, 36. 30. Yep. 36. Um, so we're, yeah, we're like, the, that's amazing approaching our forties. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Good. I decided this year I might acknowledge that I'm actually 52. <laughs> but Really? That's the first step. That's the first step. But I, it's difficult for women to say that because in, in our culture, when women reach 50, they lose relevance. Like when Cindy Crawford mm-hmm. turned 50, suddenly she handed her throne, stepped off her beauty throne and mm-hmm. gave it to her daughter, who's 20 something. You know, hmm. so I, I think kind of like that tendency for this culture to minimize women as they age and not mm-hmm. like I want to change that conversation in aesthetics and drive more attention mm-hmm. to 
um, the wisdom and knowledge and maturity and like the comfort of knowing who you are and mm-hmm. like being a strong role model for younger women out there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think aesthetics should morph in one more way by being just a little less whitewashed. And um, when I see the industry and the companies out there, you know, putting up representative models of each different ethnic Mm -hmm. color and shape and form, I think that's great. But then when I actually look at the industry and who's running, who's the VP, who's the president, who's in charge of marketing, Mm -hmm. like, guess what? There's a lot of vanilla. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that definitely needs to change and be more inclusive in terms of like everyone wants to look beautiful. Every woman, every race, every gender, every. But there is, you know, one thing that this is a very female dominated industry, which is truly great. I mean, we just got to spend some time with Carrie Strom from Allergan and she's, I mean, she mentioned it. It's just, this is a female dominated, all the great, Brands and of med spas are are female. Well, why is that that guys don't care how they look? Is it that you don't care how you look, or is it just that I, no, you're I, so busy? I, that's probably just a, a real loaded question. I think has has you know thousands of years of history behind that. I just it doesn't matter as much for guys. I think like you when know, a woman looks in the mirror, she tends to focus on that one flaw that's bugging her. But when it, I guess when you look in the mirror, you probably don't. You're probably just like, oh, I'm just here's like, my what, handsome eyes. Whatever that is. is <laughs> You're like, I'm really busy today. today. Just got to put some soap on and lotion. <laughs> Should I wear a hat or shower? Nah. <laughs> um, no, it's I mean, a whole different <laughs> mindset. It's how we raise our girls from a very young age with Disney princess mentalities. Yeah. Well, you don't. I mean, think of it this way. When you see. And I have seen this before. You see an older woman, say, in her 60s or 50s with a young man, and yeah. they're together. Mm-hmm. You notice it. Yes. But how many times do we see older men with younger women? I mean, it's all it's every That's day. That's all it is, yeah. And so, and for, why is that? I mean, so it, for some reason, I don't, and there's way too much for us to get into, for whatever reason, it's, it's, this is how it is. And, I, you know, I think changing it is, is, is a great goal. I would have no idea how to even start doing that because this has been, I mean, this is the way it's been for forever. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe as, um, I mean, I don't want to market young men so that they get these insecurities either. Like, <laughs> you need yeah. to have a chiseled jaw. You must have a yeah. sculpted cheekbone, you know, yeah. otherwise no girls are going to talk to you. But it's that's rough. what we're doing to our women, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it is. Subliminally it's, and with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. Look, we just were talking. You know, women are now, mostly women, not all, but women, again, are driving this industry, getting, you know, Botox and fillers or neurotoxin and fillers in their in their 20s. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is the message there? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with having some forehead wrinkles? It's very I true. I got lots of forehead wrinkles. Yes. You could hide pencils in my forehead wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that that evolution of thinking needs to come into aesthetics a little bit to teach people that this is about do you do need your self-esteem. You do need to show up for yourself. Like when if I don't color my hair, I act older if I have a lot of gray showing. It's just psychologically something about letting yourself go makes you feel crappier. Like we've all felt that during the pandemic. We all let ourselves go for a stretch and it did not feel great. Yeah. So something about maintenance is very important mm. for the human psyche. And, and mm-hmm. as as, char- as much character and intelligence as we have, you still feel great when you have a good hair day. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a That's human true. existence. No, but it's true. There's um, people I know who, who are older, 
women and they've gone gray over the pandemic, right? And they yes. just let it go. Mm-hmm. And you see them and everyone's like, did you see so-and-so? She's gone gray. And it's like, she looks, they look great. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. to it, but it's noticeable. When I don't think it would be noticeable for if, I, if a man did that. No. It's just, it's the way it works. Um, you know, I do, we've been talking for a while, which is great. Um, but I do have a, another kind of section I want to get into with you. If you, if you, do you have time? Yeah, of course. Um, you, you mentioned, um, regenerative medicine, ther- therapeutics, and, um, in Europe, stem cells. And, and, and one of the things that we mentioned on the panel that we were on was in, in Europe and worldwide, there's a lot more options for injectables, neurotoxins, things like that. Um, what like I'm curious, like with is all of that coming here, like with with stem cells, for instance, stem cells coming from the, from the legal background, it's very very controversial mm-hmm. in the states and the the level of risk that you're that you're bringing in by doing certain things with stem cells um, is a lot higher by orders of magnitude than if you were doing it in Europe. So, but I'm curious, is, is, is it, they're really that, is it that much better over there? And is that eventually going to trickle here? And what impact is that going to have? I think Europe has so much less regulation than the United States and very Mm -hmm. little is going to trickle here because to get any product through the FDA Mm -hmm. takes five years and probably like at least two or $3 million, I would think maybe more. Um, so I think that that's going to be a slow process. And unfortunately, in Europe, things are so secretive that people say that they're doing stem cells, but are they really? Mm-hmm. Is there any transparency of the process that they're doing? And do the, does, do the procedures really work? There's a lot of sort of luxury cachet of you're going to see a certain provider, you're going to pay a certain amount of money and do a trendy thing. Mm-hmm. But is there a scientific basis for it? I don't really mm-hmm. know. But even in the States now, we are doing stem cell mm-hmm. work when we do yeah. mesenchymal, like taking fat and transferring some of the pluripotent mm-hmm. cells. We can do that with bone marrow biopsy or even with blood. Um, but again, here too, there's so many people that are doing it fraudulently mm-hmm. and deceptively that the consumer needs to have extreme caution. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage anyone who's thinking of stem cell treatments to the Mayo Clinic has a free service where they'll evaluate your stem cell procedure that you're thinking of getting done and tell really? you, yes, if it's scientifically accurate or not. So I think that's one of the first starting points because you can very easily get hoodwinked for 25 grand for a yeah. stem cell procedure. Yeah. What's, I mean, what have you seen with, with some of the, the work with regenerative medicine and, and aesthetics like that's really striking that people should be should be ready I think for. starting with the basics, like products that have been out there for 20 years, like Sculptra is one of the best ones yeah. for facial foundation building. Mm-hmm. I think it gives you a look of a refreshed, rejuvenated face without a filler face look. Mm-hmm. And so that's something reliably that can be reliable. It can be used everywhere in the body practically. On label, it's just for the face. Yeah. But off label, I've used it for buttock augmentation, mm-hmm. for decollete, for crepey lines, for arms, elbows, thighs, knees, everywhere. So that's tip. That's one of the best things that turns on youthful collagen. So you no longer have creeping mm-hmm. tissue paper like grandma skin, because mm-hmm. that's happening to all of us from sun damage and the ozone mm-hmm. layer going away. So I love that. I love the hyperdilute calcium hydroxy appetite or radius, which can also be used in the face, in the body, on label. It's for certain indications for cheeks and mm-hmm. contouring. Um, but I think that once we use it off label the potential to improve 
all the tissues is going to be astronomical. Mm. And this is just the beginning of bioregenerative, like mm-hmm. mixing these things with PRP, mixing with gel fillers, mm-hmm. combining fillers. There's so much research to still be done, but there's mm-hmm. real definitive change in the skin. Mm-hmm. And it's long term. When you grow collagen, it's like when you cut yourself or you get your appendix out, you get a scar. Like that scar is not going anywhere. It's yours. It's your collagen to keep. So the consu- mm-hmm. the smart consumer is going to stop getting things that they rent for a year. Like when you're fillers, mm-hmm. you rent it, you rent it again, you rent it again. And we, let's mm-hmm. rent to own some collagen. <laughs> <laughs> let's own the collagen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, we, I, I could talk to you all day. Oh my gosh. We could do like part three, part four. This is, yeah, this is just the beginning. (laughs) What, uh, but like what's next? What's next for you? Next for me is just continuing to grow my practice. I want to scale. I want to work more on my passion projects, like my online course, Mm -hmm. modern aesthetic theory and artistry platform, selling my skincare. We talked Mm -hmm. about in one of your presentations, passive income. I think every injector needs to think of their exit strategy early Mm -hmm. on in life and like, how hard do you want to work? When do you want to retire? How do you want to transition things? I haven't really thought that all through. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work till I'm 90 because I have four kids. (laughs) 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 They're going to go to graduate school and weddings. I know (laughs) you won't even, you won't be able to tell. I'll look 50. (laughs) That's what's next. More hard work. You know, what's interesting though, um, what you said, and this is a big topic of conversation at this year's MSS, and I'm, I'm predicting this is going to be a hot topic for years to come, is just the exit strategy. Like People in aesthetics who have owned their, whether it's a med spa, you know, surgery practice to a med spa, whatever it is, been working so hard, and it's a very, very difficult industry. Like you said, you mentioned, it's, it's taxing, and there, we're starting to see exits. People capitalizing and selling their brands to for large amounts of money um, or even for small amounts of money but there's that that is starting to happen so it's out there yeah um, and at some point you got to start thinking about it. like is that what you want to do do you want to sell do you want to hand your practice down to somebody else do you want to it's so interesting because you guys had a whole day on mergers yeah. and acquisitions and very like very Lots of interest. Lots of dollar. Big companies are out there trying to come buy your brand and yeah. take your um, platform and like run it for you and take away the headache of being a business owner. But that's what that's yeah. kind of what we love is the ability to run our own business yeah. and run our own schedule. But at, at first, at first, <laughs> yeah. and then it, it's all consuming. It yeah. is all consuming. Yeah. So that's I mean that's that's really what what it comes to. And I'm seeing that more now when you know a lot of the folks that I met six seven years ago are now you know super doing great but you can just tell they're like oh man like i've been doing this for a long time and it's great i love it but like do i want to keep doing this for 30 years yeah we almost need like a little guidebook of how to scale and what point to scale like you don't scale in year one two or three but probably starting in year four or five six you need to start thinking of like are you going to bring on some providers Are you ever going to give yourself a day off or yeah. vacation? Yeah, that's a good idea. A <laughs> when good I idea. see my schedule a little bit slow, I'm like, why are there not enough patients? And then yeah. the other half of my brain is like, why am I such a hard boss? Yeah. Like, don't I deserve a little time totally. off? I'm like, <laughs> and just being able to take time off and, and literally take time off, which I don't yes. know that I've done for 15, 20 years. Never. Like, honestly, just not checking in. When you're your own boss, you, you never turn it off. You can never turn your brain off. 
And now you've built this huge platform in an office and you're, you're working for your yeah. employees, literally. Yeah. Like, I, I'm independent. I don't need to work. I have enough money. Like, I want to go relax, but now I have to work for my employees. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. no, I've created true. all this. You that's know? right. Yeah, and I'm helping support all these yeah. families and people that I love. And so it's interesting to see yourself grow and build and, yeah. like, to not even know that you're capable of that success and then to mm-hmm. achieve it. It's, it's a fun yeah. It's been a journey. So um, let's wrap up by what is your 80s costume going to look like? Are you going to wear a costume first? Oh my God, I have a sexy dress, of really? course. Yes. Is it, oh, didn't we talk, did we talk about this already? Is it the flash dance? or The is flash it, dance look, like the off-the-shoulder flash dance. Yes. Jennifer Beals. I'm totally wearing the did same thing. Did you know thing. my staff has not even seen flash dance? I, we have to have I like a sleepover. Totally believe You should that. play some movies in the background. You're, you're actually not a bad. They, they might be doing that. Um, yeah, I, trust me, I know. We mm-hmm. half the people that I employ weren't even born yet, and it's just like what? That's so funny. We had a student who's a USC <laughs> film student from film school has never seen Pretty Woman. Never saw uh, Greece. I was just like, what are they teaching these kids? Yeah, they're like, they're like 80s. Why would we do an 80s party? That's like, <laughs> did they have color back then? <laughs> I know. It's, it's, but the bulk of this industry, the 80s resonates. Like, I'm telling you, it's going to be, we're doing, people well, are going to realize be, half these TikTok songs are 80s remixes. They are, totally. Yes. Yeah, they don't, they don't get it. So I think it's going to be a blast. Well, I look forward to seeing your dress. Well, thank you. I'm going to wear the same dress. Hopefully, it's not the same. <laughs> It'll be a little different. That'll be embarrassing if we're in the well, same thing. Well, thanks for planning such a great <laughs> conference and having me lecture. It's been a blast. No, I would lo- we I will, we definitely have to do more together because I I, I I love listening to you talk. I think you've got a lot to offer. I, you know, there's there's certain people that I continue to think in my mind. We've got to go back and, and get and get more from you. And you've got you've got so much to offer. So let's continue to do it. Let's dominate. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thanks I for having love me on it. your podcast. I appreciate it. Um, all right. All right. I'll do my my outro here. Well, okay. there you guys have it. That is Alex Tiersch. And do you have a private Instagram people should follow you on, or is it just all under I don't. AMSPA? It's all AMSPA. I'm thinking of launching one here one You of these need days. to. I highly recommend. I yes. mean, I don't know why. I'm a very private person. Yeah, but your dog pictures, I, yeah, your that's cat about, stories. That's about as far as I go, You though. know what? You'd have a following. I mean, dogs, cats, and, and Chicago Bulls. It's <laughs> <laughs> really about where I go that's with my private That's the happiness life. factor. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time Thank and your you. amazing conference. I can't wait to see what Aesthetics has in store for us and how you are going to help shape this industry. Can't wait. That's it for now, guys. Don't forget to find me on my Instagram. It's Beauty by Dr. K, D-R-K-A-Y, doing amazing things things with people's faces and my skincare line is katie skin you can find my courses online at modern aesthetic theory and artistry that's it for now stay beautiful thanks everybody thanks for joining us this week with the american med spa podcast medical spa insider this week founder alex tiersch was joined by dr k facial plastic surgeon and board certified head and neck surgeon if you're new with us we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.